Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. How's you been during this COVID time? Um, well, we're we're working. Uh, today's Monday. We're usually off on Mondays, so um, today I'm doing this, and I, I had one earlier, and uh, just some odds and ends things during the day. But uh, we're we're pretty much uh, normal schedule. We just have to um, follow some protocols and guidelines to, to get through practices and that thing, that type of thing. Yeah, because most of your practice is based in uh, public speaking, right? In person. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're there. I mean, we have practice, uh, I mean, baseball practice. I mean, that's what I do. So, I mean, oh, okay. yeah, I mean, I, the public speaking part is like this. Um, but, uh, I did, I did one presentation in, uh, for the coaches, uh, coaches association and they flew me to Greensboro and I shot the video and then we, we, we played the video in January at the convention. So I was live like we are right here in a Q and a after the uh, presentation, but <clears throat> the actual presentation was taped. Oh, okay. That's nice. Well then let's get right into it, Barry. Tell me about yourself and what you do. Well, um, I'm, I've been a baseball coach for, this is my 32nd year. Wow. In the college, um, uh, as a as a college head coach, I, I started out as an assistant coach right out of college at George Mason University, and I went there. For, I coached there for a year, and then I went to Frostburg State University because they were going to pay for my uh, master's degree. So I did a little bit of work at George Mason, but primarily I did most of my coursework at Frostburg, which is in Western Maryland. Um, took a job in South Jersey, uh, which is sort of a an area that I was unfamiliar with, but I was so determined to be a coach that it didn't really matter where I lived. And uh, so I ended up at a, at a junior college and in, in, in it's called Gloucester County, which is in South Jersey, which is kind of a suburb of Philadelphia, right across the bridge. And uh, I stayed there 11 years, had some success, took a job in Georgia, was there for four years at an NAI school, left there, got the job at Ryder University in 2004. And I've been there ever since, um, had some success at, at each place, uh, had some failures at that rider recently. We, we kind of turn it around now, but had a couple of years there, a little bumpy, but, uh, went, went off and got my, uh, PhD in sports leadership, uh, because I wanted nice. to transition into something else, uh, at the conclusion of my career, which is winding down. You know, I still feel good. I feel like I can go out and do things, a lot of things that, you know, the young guys can still do. I, I stay in shape. And, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys that's 65 years old chasing 18-year-old kids around, uh, you know, for – I mean, I love coaching, but there's a lot of things that – that there's a lot of sacrifices and commitment that's required. And I kind of have reached that point now where, you know, I want to go do some other things and have time to go – do some fun things that baseball yeah. sort of takes away. So you were saying chasing the 18 years around. What do you mean by that? Or like they not doing their job or just like in general going to parties when they shouldn't? No, I mean, I mean, I'm out uh, basically from the months of, uh, I would say June, July, August. I mean, I literally could be on the road every day if, if I wanted to be recruiting 
uh, baseball players, high school I see. Uh, okay. recruits. And, you know, and then when you identify the one, the, the players that you, that you think can help you, you know, now you end up in a conversation and phone calls and, and visits and, uh, more trips to go see them play and then meet the parents and then, then tell you, no, I'm not interested. And then you, you know, you're constantly doing this. Um, you know, you know, pretty much year round. I do have assistant coaches that are, that take some pride. They're younger. They have the energy and I had the energy as well. I just, when I was 25, I did a lot of it on my own. And now I'm 55. I do, I do, I oversee a lot of it, but I'm still responsible. So if we, if we're unsuccessful or we are successful, mostly if we're unsuccessful, it points towards me. Uh, if we're successful, it's really not me. It's kind of the players. So I have to go get the players. Um, and I, and I think that's, that's the, that's the uh, toughest part to do continuously. I see coaches that are, that should be retired, enjoying, uh, retirement. And again, they love, they love coaching. They love what they want to do, but I like to do other things. So I think that's, that's sort of where I'm at right now. And, and I'm looking forward to that, that chapter in my life. Yes. Yeah. That it's a very important. You don't want to, you're doing a 20 year old's job at 50. That even just time just says that doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, you're, I mean, you're doing your podcast. I mean, you're a young guy there. You're, you know, you want to move, you know, you're, you got to work hard. You know, you have a routine, you have goals. Mm -hmm. You have to put the extra hours in to go do these things to be able to uh, reach uh, the thing, to do the things that you want to do. Right. And, um, and I think, you know, you have the time and energy. And then when you get older and you've put in 30 plus years, you could say, Hey, you know, I want to go do now that I've seen a lot of the other things that I, that I want to do. Uh, let me, let me go do them. And, uh, but that, everybody's different. Some people, uh, I mean, you, you can go back in history and look at coaches, Bear Bryant, you know, coached, you know, Alabama, the famous Bear Bryant. I mean, he, he coached his last game in 1982. And he died 30 days later. What? And, and he, and if you look that up, uh, Bear Bryant is uh, arguably one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. You Nick Saban, you hear that name and he, he's compared to Bear Bryant. They're both at Alabama. But you go back and look, he coached his last game, Liberty Bowl, December of 1982 and literally died 30 days later. Um, don't know. I don't know if he was ill. I don't think he was. I read a book about him and, uh, it's just one of those things where you, you know, that's what you do. And when you don't have that any longer, um, there's not really a reason it's, to live. It's, it's almost like, um, a spouse passing away. They're older. And then the other spouse dies not long after, you know, they're heartbroken. They're lonely. Um, I mean, there's, there's something about that. And I, and I don't want to feel that. Uh, so I, 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 I've kind of in my mind trained myself to get to that next step and, and, and doing like what you're doing. I mean, that, that's something that I could see myself doing one day is mm -hmm. being uh, on, on a podcast or on a radio show and talking to people about athletics and sports and, and uh, leadership and current events and, and that type of thing. So um, I, I want to be able to, I still got to eat. I still got to make money. Right. So I, I can't just drop everything and just say, ah, you know, I'm going to just do that. Not yet. Uh, I'm not, I'm not there yet, but I'm preparing for it. Well, I would say for you, you could actually start your own specifically for, um, athletes trying to get better at their sport because anymore you can do anything for a podcast. Right. So you could be specifically 
mindset for the the athlete the drills the how to get in the extra time without like without saying like you need to give up Fortnite kind of thing to actually get ahead of the game yeah i mean you know there's like i didn't realize the podcast world was like it is I, i i mean i was totally blown away um about six months ago when we were in the thrones of covid really like it was like you can't even go outside uh <laughs> yes. and I, I i locked on to this this i got an email and there was a podcast you know virtual training to go learn how to get on podcast learn how to have your own podcast and it was a it was and i just they had their own magazine they got i mean it's it's amazing what is out there um and and i feel like that's that's an avenue for me to uh to get involved with, or at least more for the, more as a guest. So you, uh, reaching out to me, uh, that was exciting for me to, to get on with you and, and, awesome. and talk a little bit about what I'm trying to do and, and obviously answer any questions and help provide something that maybe you want to find out about. So you were talking on your profile about your three C's, five pillars, five pillars, five pillars. What are the five pillars? Well, uh, <clears throat> To step back just a little bit, I uh, when I was working on my PhD and my dissertation, I was trying to find a, a topic that I thought I would be able to um, that would interest me uh, to the point where I would put great amount of time, great amount of research in uh, a good solid topic. So I've always been intrigued with coaches. I'm coaching sports, uh, especially uh, football, basketball, base not so much base, but even though I coach baseball, baseball is a little different. Uh, hockey and some of the team sports and the great coaches of all time. Wh- how and why can one person, male or female, take over a program, an athletic program on any level, primarily Division One G- college, you know, the, the primary, the Ohio States and Notre Dames and Michigans and that type of thing. But it could be anything. It could be any level. How can this person take over and do so well where this person can't? And it's, it seems to happen all the, all of the time, if you take, you look at certain individuals that, that have been coaching, let's just say, uh, from a female standpoint in basketball, uh, Courtney Banghart just took over the North Carolina, University of North Carolina job. Now you may not know her. She was at Princeton, which is right up the road from us. And I got to know her a little bit and she turned Princeton around. Princeton was a, a national well, at the Ivy League, Ivy League champions, almost year in, year out. She takes over at North Carolina. They weren't doing very well. They're not successful. And now they're on the upswing. You know, so oh, why wow. is it? Why, why is, now why is, she, can she do that? And, and, and maybe the, the person before, why couldn't they sustain it? There, there might be some other factors. Uh, Nick Saban in Alabama, everywhere he goes, he wins. Urban Meyer, we'll see what he does at Jacksonville. Um, you know, there's certain people that just have those intangibles uh, to be able to turn things around, transform programs. And it, and it happens. It happens a lot. So why? So I was interested in why. So that's so that was the study. And because I'm a baseball coach and my schedule mirrors the, the best coaches in the country mm-hmm. Um and my my background as a junior college coach. I mean, I got to know a lot of these guys and I know I know quite a few. So long and short of it is I had nine coaches that I was able to meet with face to face. Uh, seven of those coaches are, are what we would call power five 
uh, universities, you know, okay. the, the ACC, the SEC, that type, that level. Um, and I met with them one on one and I had 11 questions. Uh, the, the, the research was, you know, what are your experiences in transforming losing programs to winning programs? Another research question was, how do you create and maintain a culture to support the transformation? So those were the two key research questions. And we came up with five pillars, I mean, five elements, five components, five key factors that you have to be able to do uh, together. They are not mutually exclusive. You have to have all five of these, in my opinion. First one, number one is leadership and leadership development. They kind of work together. Uh, so yeah. you have to have great leadership. You have to be able to develop your people. Two was consistency and consistent communication. So I found that the coaches were, were the same people day in, day out. What you got on Monday, you got on Tuesday, Wednesday. You knew what to expect. You knew how he was going to react to certain things or she. In this case, it was he. It was all male. Um, and then the other, the other one was the consistency and the communication. You know, the lines of what they said, what they didn't say was all basically the same. So if you and I are working together with a group of people, what you're saying is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is what you're saying. We're all talking the same language. Right. So that was two. So consistency and consistent communication and how you communicated and how you handled uh, adverse situations versus, you know, maybe something where you really have a disciplinary problem. You got to handle it a certain way. So you, you would have some consistency in how you dealt with that. Uh, the third one was standards, high standards. They had a high standard, you know, whether it was, you know, and it was it's top to bottom, you know, on the field standards, everything counts. Uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the things I, I've said is first will be best, then we'll be first. So you're trying to be the best at everything you do. You, if you're not the best at everything you do, you're really not going to finish first. You have to be good at everything. Right. I mean, all the way down to like this one coach said, you know, the coffee's got to be hot in the, concession stand you know everything has to be i mean the, the line's got to be straight you know the paint's got to be dry it's got to be not chipped it's got to be clean everything's got to be white whatever everything counts so the standard standards you know high standards going to class even 100 percent. there's a lot of, you, you can dig deep into that four was getting the right people having the right fit uh, people that have high character that have tremendous work ethic that have uh, goals personal goals, personal standard of excellence. I think that was, that was important. And I found that I think that is probably the, even though that was the fourth one, I think that's the most important because if you have those people, you know, you can set those standards and they're going to live to them and you can lead and you can, they'll follow and you can develop those types of people. But when you have bad people, bad employees, it's difficult. So you got to get rid of them guys and gals and, and get better ones. And the last one was growth mindset. You know, the coach, all the coaches seemed to always want to be doing something to get better, trying to stay ahead, trying to learn more, whether it be reading books, uh, going to clinics or seminars or just talking with people. And I think one of the things that, that I found was, do you as a coach, do you as a leader, do you have your own set of board of directors? So like, you know, like every every company you're in charge of, but you have a group, a cabinet or a board of directors that you, that you meet with. And I mean, even you, do you have someone 
that when things are things are when you're struggling or you need to have uh, things questions answered, um, you know, you need to make a big personal decision. You need to make a big business decision. Who do you consult with? And you need to have that group, those groups, those people or a group of people to go to and that you trust. And I think that's important. So all five of those, you need all five together, working together. And of course, you can expand on each one of those uh, a little yeah. bit and, and go into more depth. But that was essentially those five. Those were the five pillars that, that I called them. And, and uh, I coined the phrase, me and another gentleman, he was work, one of my guys on my board of directors, like, <laughs> what do we call this? You know, and he said, let's call it the pillars. And I said, okay, sounds, sounds right. They're standard. Uh, we use the term time tested, pressure treated. Yes. You know, you know, they're, they're just, they're, you can't, you can't go away from those five. And I did not go into this study with those five in mind. It's sort of, they developed over, I mean, I had over 200 pages of transcribed interviews. Uh, and I went through and I pulled out what I thought was the most important. And, and then I, I coded it is what that was the term in qualitative studying, which I'm not an expert at, but I got better at it as, as I did, the more that I did, the better I got, mm-hmm. you know, certain words meant certain things and they fit a category. So I started to break it down It started off with about 20 things and it went to 10. And then I finally got it down to five and, uh, it's kind of seven, but, it, but it's still five. Right. And, that, and that's where they came from. And that's, that's what my print, that's what my, uh, if I were to talk to a team or an organization, though, I would stress those five. So side note, I do um, martial arts and I, I've been with my instructor for 14 years and he does exactly what you say. And I, I couldn't put it into words because he's consistent. If you mess up, he'll tell you, you suck. Do it less. Keep going kind of thing. Right. It's one of those now that I'm listening to like, oh, my God, he literally just did what you told him, like have been saying. Well, that's good. I mean, that's good to know because that's reinforcing. And, and I think you'll find, and the thing is, it's, it's easy. It's easy to do. It's right there, but it's so hard to do it. And one of the stories that I, when I was me- meeting with one of the coaches, he, he was the assistant coach at the time and the head coach, he was a, an icon, a legend. And they're doing this clinic. Matter of fact, they're doing it in New Jersey where I work. And they're going to, and they're, it's called, it's like a, it's like a program clinic. Uh, uh, you know, you're going to go in and tell all these coaches exactly what you do. This is how we pitch. This is how we teach hitting. This is how we run practice. This is how we take our leads. This is how we do our pickoff plays. This is how we run the entire program. So the assistant coach goes over to the head coach and goes, coach. And he's, and he's whispering, he's talking to me and he's kind of like making me feel like I'm there. He's like, we're telling them everything we're going to do. You know, why would we tell them everything that we're going to do? He said, you know, he said he looked at him like, you know, he was the, he was the, uh, the mentor. He's like, and I'll just use the word Mike. He said, Mikey, Mikey, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do all of this. It's no. too hard. Are you crazy? They're not going to do it. And he goes, he was right. It's easy to do. It's easy to do all these things, but nobody wants to put the time in to do it. And to really work at it. Right. And, and, or you, you know, it's like, you know, getting in shape. I want to work out. And then three days later, you're sore. Like, screw this. I'm not doing this. No, that means you're making progress. Everything, everything, everything. Like, if you want to be martial arts, if you want to be a black belt or, or whatever the highest level that you're, 
that is, I mean, we, it's easy to do. You just have to put the time in and you have to be good at it and be dedicated and you have to have a passion for it. If you don't, you're not going to be, you're not going to be elite. You're not going to be excellent. So I think that story in itself, um, is, is one of the stories that I'll probably use quite a, quite a bit. Um, you, you know, if I, when I talk to people, cause I, I, I just laughed, uh, because he's right. He's right. It is hard. It's hard to do. It's hard to do what you're doing. You have to, you have to like get up. You got to buy the mic. You got to get the software. You got to, you know, put the programs together. You got to hustle out and get guests. And it's, you know, you can't just say you want to do it and, and not put the time in. So it, that, that's what I learned. That's one of the things I learned. People, people won't put the time in. No, if it, it disrupts their little reality, they don't want to do it. And it's one of those, it's a shame because you could achieve more by doing what's uncomfortable. I, yeah, and uncomfortable is, is one of the things I think, I think when people say the word, you know, uh, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, I find that in, in a lot of ways. And, and for me, I've always enjoyed the hard work. I've never, never, never been afraid of that. What's, what's, uh, you know, what's uncomfortable is getting up at 4.30 in the morning to work on my dissertation every, every morning for three months or, or what it was. And I, and I'm being, I would not lie in here. I would say five of the four to five of the seven days a week, I was up at four o'clock and I would work for three hours and then go to work. And then I would do it, pick it up right after the next day. That was uncomfortable. It wasn't difficult. You know, it wasn't, you know, I didn't feel any pain, but I was tired. You know, you have to get up. That's uncomfortable working out. You're doing your, 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 uh, you know, when you're working with your coach, you know, there's some difficult moves, failure, you know, failure is the hard one failure. And, and really you never learn anything by winning. You learn a little bit, but you don't learn enough. You learn most of it by losing Yes. and failure. You you really do. And so accepting that and using it in a positive way, you know, let's not do that again. Let's, let's improve ourselves. Let's, let's try to avoid that mistake. And, uh, and that's how we, you know, the term grow and that's how we improve. Right. Yeah. No, all those, that's just, it blends perfectly to the five. So how do you pick and choose your um, high school players for your college? Is there a certain criteria, a certain skill set? Well, I think the the first the first thing that you have to understand is that talent, physical skill level on on an in an athletic world is probably most important. That's first. That kind of is like get, that. That's like to having the great resume to get you in the door. And then, of course, once you're in the door, you got to win the win the interview, uh, or 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 win. You know, you know, you make the team and now you, you, know, you have to, uh, or the, or the skill set gets you into the training camp or gets you drafted or gets you looked at. Um, that's first because, um, I mean, the, the first thing is, and again, a storytelling, uh, Chuck Knoll, the old, uh, Pittsburgh coach okay. that, um, you know, four Super Bowls through the seventies, when he took over in 1969, he had a meeting with the team. 1969 or and he said i've been watching the film and i've been watching you guys and the reason you guys aren't winning and the guy telling the story said you said you could hear a pin drop in this room because everybody was like on the edge of their seats 
He says, you're not winning because you're not very good. You're nice guys. You try hard, but you're not very good. And most of you are not going to be around when we, when we become good. So talent, you have to have that. Now, you have to be able to see some character, some work ethic. If the guy's a little bit kind of on the borderline, you know, is he a guy that's going to put the extra time in and, and develop? Does he have the physical school tools? Is he tall? Is he, is he, I mean, what's his body like? You know, what's he like? And you can also use the high school coach. I would use the high school coach more than I would use the travel summer ball coach. You know, it's a different, different dynamic than it used to be. But yeah. you want somebody that can tell you who's around him every day. What kind of kid is he? So you're looking for talent, but we're also looking for work ethic. We're looking for, you know, someone who takes academics, uh, you know, s- seriously enough that, you know, he's going to go to class. He's, he's not going to be an academic problem. And trust me, not everybody is a great student. Not everybody cares like you care. Uh, and we've had, so what you do is you take a risk on that guy. You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, he might be a kind of a, uh, an off the field risk. Uh, you know, you know, I don't know what that could be. We could speculate, uh, academic, he struggles academically. So you're going to have this guy constantly in your office because of all field problems and academic issues. You start stacking those together, multiple people, you're going to fail. And I think that's, you're trying to get as many good people, talented people as you can together that, that are selfless and that, that seek excellence, that are relentless workers. And not everyone's like that, unfortunately. Like I said, it's too hard. It's so hard. So, but that's what we're looking for. And, uh, if you're patient and you do your due diligence and you, and you don't jump out and try to get a guy just to get a guy. And I've done that. And, and sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Most of the time it doesn't. Just be patient and, uh, they'll, you'll find the right guy, but you have to hustle. You have to go out and chase those guys. Like, like mm-hmm. you said earlier. And, and that's where the, that's where the, um, the, uh, the toughness is, the struggle, uh, the, um, you have to be patient. Uh, it's frustrating. It's a, it's a frustrating job at times. You know, you're, you're, you're recruiting a kid. You love him. You love the parents. You the great visit. You know, he's going to fit perfect. And then he says, well, I'm not, I'm not coming. I'm, I'm going to go here. Uh, and you, and you say, okay. And then you move on to the next guy. So, um, you, you know, you're looking for talent first because you're, you're going to lose with talent, but you're never going to win without it. And then you start, you know, then you, then once you get established that that's, we got that part. Cause if you can't play, you're not going to recruit. There's a lot of right. nice guys out there that can't right. play. I don't need them. I need nice guys and hard workers and tough guys that, um, that want to step in and fit in and, and, and be, and be excellent. And it's, it's, you know, today's society, it's tougher than it was. Uh, when I first started, I was just going to ask that was it, is it more harder nowadays with people who are just sitting there going, why, why should I put in a time when I got my phone kind of thing? Yeah, there's a lot of truth to that. I think, um, I, 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 kids today, I, I mean, not in general, you know, are entitled, uh, they're, they're, they're given, um, and, you know, an easier road, uh, in a lot of times in certain, certain scenarios, environments, they're, you know, they get a trophy for basically participating instead of winning. And I think, um, I want your opinion whole, on that next. That's a whole nother, uh, thing. But I mean, I have, I've had 
I've had all types of kids. I've, and one of the things that I think that, it, that I, it separates me from, you know, a lot of coaches is that I've coached at three different levels. I've coached at the junior college level, no scholarships. I've coached at the NAI level or division two level with minimal scholarships. Okay. And I've also coached at, uh, a, a private four year division one institution. Uh, nice. the two, the four year NAI school was a state school. The junior college was obviously a community college. So there's like three different types of people there. I had different levels of resources. Uh, it wasn't the greatest sh- It wasn't the place that everybody wanted to be. Although we made the, the junior college a place that people wanted to come. Um, the, 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 the job in Georgia, very difficult, tough, tough area, bad location. Just a t- you have to recruit a certain kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, now where I'm at private school, you know, the cost of tuition is over thirty thousand dollars, you know, for one, one like one year, right? Six, or is this semester? It's a year for okay. a year for one year. I mean, the, the total cost for the university is over fifty thousand dollars. It was sixty. We just cut the price back, but we also cut other things too to, to make the price more attractive in a in a tough environment uh, financially. But uh all of those, you know, all of those make it difficult to find kids that fit, that fit in. Uh, I mean, I've, I, the majority of the guys I have now have both parents, both parents. They make decent money for the most part. And um, a lot of them have had it easy. They've had it easy, easier. So they, they have a tough time adjusting to someone like me that uh, is pushing on them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those here in California. I just noticed because I do a night shift janitor work. The kids during the day they got it easy. I'm like, I've joked with my boss. I'm like, can I get their job? All they get to do is walk around and text on their phone. Like, why can't I do that? Right. No, I mean, and and the trophy thing is, I mean, knowing what if you don't have to work hard to get to achieve something that is a youngster, how are you going to learn that? <clears throat> Excuse me. When you so get older, I mean, I, I don't. I got. I don't remember getting anything if I didn't either make the all star team or do something that was that separated me from others. Um, you know, if I was. I mean, at one time I was the most valuable player in on my college team as a junior. Had a really good year. Probably deserved it. I did play well. Next year I didn't play very well. I wasn't as good. I didn't get most valuable player. And I understood that. And I, and I wasn't upset that I didn't. Uh, but I gave a hundred percent and I was always working hard, but you know, you have to be able to accept failure. Like I, I've gotten three baseball jobs. Those are the only three I've ever gotten. I've applied for probably 50. Damn. Yeah. No and, one wants to talk about how hard it is. The, the constant grind to get uh, out there. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had good seasons and I thought I was, uh, I mean, I deserved an opportunity to move up a step, but it never, it never materialized. Um, but that's frustrating and, uh, but it's real. And, and so what you do is you try to figure out what's, what's best and, and how you can make it better. Uh, and you just keep working. I think that's, you know, you, you fail more than you succeed in, in, in a lot of ways. And even recruiting, when we recruit those players you're talking about, we've, we, we're turned down more than we're, 
you know, accept it or, or given the, uh, the yes, we get more no's than yeses. And, uh, and that's okay. We want to mm-hmm. get to the no as fast as we can. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think, cause we, it's like this year, we, this recruiting class coming up, we need six people right now, six. So we're going to probably recruit 30 plus people to try to get those six, maybe even more. It depends. Okay. Sorry, my dog's at the door and I was trying to text my sister. Okay. Where, what part of California you live in? I live in Southern California. Um, do you know where LA is? Mm-hmm. I'm just like 30 miles south of that. Okay. We played in ni- 2019, 2008, we played at Cal State Fullerton. Oh, nice. I know exactly where that is. We played the- uh, there uh, in the regionals in t- uh, June of 08. Very cool. How did that one turn out? I don't. I'm not I'm trying to. Ask. No, well, we they were much better than us. I mean, we were we okay. were the we were the small school out there. I mean, it was us, Ryder, Little Ryder, University of Virginia, UCLA, and Cal State Fullerton. So oh, nice. we we were in, we we enjoyed the trip. We competed. We did the best we could. Got a great experience, and uh, and and that's and that was all. It was worth it. I mean, we. Our expectations were we wanted to go play well and compete, and and we did. We you know Cal State was number five in the country. They were very good, and uh, we we did the best we could, and 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 it was okay. We we walked away with our heads up. It wasn't any problem. Yeah, because even from a defeat, you can learn a lot from that. Oh yeah, I mean we, and we were back two years later. We played in Texas, and uh, you know with a better team, but we didn't play as well in Texas as we did in Cal- in California, even though our team was better. Interesting. But, Do you uh, think it's mindset or was it just the day? It was, it was the competition and the day. I mean, they, I mean, we competed for a while in, against Texas. They were number two in the country. And uh, Ooh. It, it, again, another great experience uh, for our guys to go to Austin, Texas and play in front of 7,000 people or whatever, however wow. many was there that night. And, uh, it was fun. It was, a, it was fun. And we were treated like big, big leaguers. I mean, so, uh, you know, on the college level and, and that, that was well worth, cause when we go out there, we were champions. We were conference champions. So I mean, we felt really good about ourselves. This was sort of our world series. So nice. it was fun. It was fun. We haven't been back in a while. And I think that's where we've had teams that were close, close, but we just couldn't win the tournament. So. That's our that's our motivation and that's our struggle and that's where we're that's where we're pointing to now. Um, so what's your strategy with the COVID restrictions? How are you getting your boys, uh, boys or girls? I don't know the the specifics for that one. To focus, well, we've we've talked about it uh, in a Zoom uh, capacity. You know, over the summer, we've stressed all the protocols that you hear nationwide. You know, washing your hands, keeping your distance, uh, covering your face. Um, at practices, we have to keep the groups smaller when we're indoors. And because right now we have about eight inches of snow still on the ground out here, uh, because we've had a couple of snowstorms. Um, when we go indoors, we have a 7,000 square foot indoor facility, but they've, they've said, okay, you can only have 12, 12, 15 at a time. So we oh, have to have little, not percent because like for us in California in SoCal, it's like 35 percent of whatever the capacity was. Right. Ours is 25. 
And that's, and we have 20, we have an 80, 80 capacity uh, building. So 20, oh, and, okay, and yeah. we have, we've had, we've had 20 in there, but not very long. You could have 20. You just have to be conscientious about where you are and, you know, who you're next to. And, and nobody, right, knock on wood, has COVID. I mean, we're being tested. Uh, I was tested last week. Uh, some of our players were tested today. Uh, I say some, probably six, seven. And every week, six or seven will be tested kind of randomly. And, uh, cause we can't afford to test everyone. Right. Um, but, uh, we're doing the best we can to kind of move. One group goes out, the next group comes in. We try not to cross paths. We just try to, you know, reduce the amount of, of traffic with people. Now they're 20, 18, 19, 20 year olds. So, I mean, someone said to me that, you know, if you were 18 and they told you to do it, could you do it? And my answer to them is, if I care enough, I'll do it. Right. No, absolutely. And, That's anyone. You know, I mean, if someone says, listen, if you have to do your podcast 24 hours a day for five straight days and you got you get a two-hour nap every day, but at the end of that, you get this and you really want it, you'll do it. You'll do everything you can oh, yeah. within your power to do it. And yeah, I think nonstop. that's, um, that's, that's, that's one of the things that I think that I, I'm good at. If it's, I want it, if I want it really bad and I can do it, you know, now don't get me wrong. Now it doesn't mean I can go run in the Olympics. You know, <laughs> let's be realistic. Yeah. Let's be very uh, but there realistic. are things that I'm capable of doing and I know I can do it. And if I, and, but I'm going to put the time in, I'm gonna, I don't have, a, I don't, that doesn't bother me. And I think that's, that's the fun thing. That's the challenge. That's the chase. And I, and I enjoy that. And, um, especially if it's something I really want to do. Now, if it's something I don't want to do, and why would I spend extra time? I'm not going to waste my time on something that is not going to help me or I don't want, I don't want to do. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, some things I have to go do, you know, as, as a married man, I got to go do things maybe yes. that, maybe that I don't I want, but that's different. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, goals and aspirations of things that are going to, that you want to do, uh, whether it, uh, to, to make money or, or to just to be associated with someone. And I right. think the the, 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 lesson would be, uh, what do you have a passion for? Okay. It's this. Now find out how we can make money doing that. That's so I've talked to a lot of Titans of industry, a couple of CEOs, CFOs, and that's literally what they said. They're like, we didn't, they're like being a CEO itself. That was not our goal, but our passion was to, they're like almost solve the puzzle and make things more efficient which kind of just ended up being CEO. They're like, right. they're like, the amount of stress we go through, we don't personally like it, but it fits our passion. So we do it. And, and a lot of times, you know, I, I would say that I'm in a position, I mean, I have my, you know, this is something I would have never thought I, I would have never thought I would have been a successful coach that, that I have been. Uh, I have, I've won a lot of games. I've also lost a lot. Um, but I've done this for 30, this is my 32nd year. And because I've done this 32 years, I, I've built a, a lot of experience mm-hmm. to be able to go to the next thing. And, and basically my foundation of leadership and coaching and, and working with people and all the mistakes that I've made, you know, are going to help me in the next step and the next thing I want to do. But I did not get into this 
thinking that 32 years later, I'm going to have my PhD and I'm going to want to go speak in front of groups of 50 to two, 3,000 and try to make their organization or their team better or to mm-hmm. make that person realize this is how you become elite at what you do and all of the little, all the little steps that are involved, um, in, in handling things, adversity and, and being able to, to, uh, set goals and, and have a plan and, uh, knowing what to do when things don't go well, you know, hit pause, relax, take a deep breath, whatever the steps are, all right. those things. I never would have thought that I would, I did not, in, when I coached my first game, I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking, let me win this game. Right. Let me coach this game. Let me, let me teach this young man this. And I just, you stack all that together and then and you, and you, here you are. And, uh, that's, that's sort of, uh, you know, you reflect back and that's another thing. Reflection is something I'm sure you've heard, you know, that people have spoken, looking oh, yeah. back and looking at all your mistakes and all the things that you did well or didn't do well. And you try to improve it. Yeah. The, the one interesting I, I've gotten a consistent from them is they, they reflect back on the situation to see that dissect it and figure it out, but they don't like looking at the good because like the good is nice, but it's one of those, it's kind of like, a person dancing in the corner. They're, they're irrelevant. They're like, we want to look at the bad. We want to dissect it. Where exactly did it go wrong? And it, it, it's the same for sports. Sorry. Can I get the, I'll be right back for the door. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so essentially, uh, it's just, where did it go wrong? Why did it go wrong? And it's one of those, I never, I was just talking to even guys like you. I would never think that actual action, the emphasizing on the failures, is more important than the the uh, wins. No, you're it, the failure. You don't recognize it. Um, I mean, it's frustrating. I mean, you know, I failed. I lost. Uh, I didn't get the job. I didn't get the promotion. Um, the girl doesn't. Uh, my girlfriend now doesn't want to advance our relationship any any longer. Um, you know, uh, I got, uh, I got a speeding ticket. Uh, I have these bills to pay. My car broke down. These are things, some of this stuff, you, some of these things you can't control. No. Some you can, you know, but knowing the difference and, and knowing how to, how to deal with it, you know, you kind of pick up the pieces and, and you figure it out. And, uh, and all things will eventually work out. You know, it's only what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Um, you know, kind of, you, you say that to yourself too. Mm-hmm. And it was always a meaning, you know, okay. Uh, I think if you read the book, I want to say, oh God, I can't think of the title now. It might come to me. Jocko is a, is a written a book. I know, I know exactly which book you're talking about. Yeah. Just had to say think, Jocko. Yeah. Jocko. And yeah. And the, and the, one of the things that he said is that if something goes wrong, just say good, just mm-hmm. say good, good. Okay. Cause now I'm going to get the opportunity to fix it. I'm going to get the opportunity to make the changes. I'm going to be the one that's going to help solve this problem. Instead of moaning and groaning about it, just say, okay, good. All right, now let's figure it out. And uh, you just do that on a consistent basis, and you'll be able to deal with a lot of adversity, and you'll be as successful. You'll be successful, and, and you might not even realize you're doing it uh, along the way. But uh, I think that's the mindset that uh, – I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, as bad as it is, I'm going to, I'm going to make it better. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
And speaking on the note of uh, not knowing how successful you are, so I have a coworker. She's an avid sports, specifically baseball follower. And they all know I do podcasting now. So they're like, oh, Josh, how's your podcast? And I'm like, oh, it's good. I got uh, Barry Davis on. And she's like, she dropped whatever she was eating. The Barry Davis? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she listed everything. I'm like, hang on. I got to pull up his profile. I'm like, yeah, he, li- he did all that. And she's like, how'd you get him on? I'm still not listening to your show. But how did you get him on? I'm like, I just asked him on a website. Can you come on? Kind of thing. We're human. It's, it's the easiest thing to do. That's correct. They, uh, you know, that's funny. Who is, who is, who was it? Her name's Danielle. Danielle. Yeah. She's like, she listed like more stuff about you. I'm like, I, like, I got a Wikipedia of this stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Did not she, a, yeah. I'm not a baseball person. So she knew about, she, she, what did oh, she yeah, know? She, a lot. She was talking about your records, about, um, with, with Georgia and all that. Okay. And then, uh, transitioning to where you're at and how uh, some of your boys have gone actually to major league. Right. That's interesting. I, that, that's good to know that somebody, you know, uh, knows me besides my mother. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I was just sitting there like, I don't know. I just invited him. Yeah, well, good, good. Well, tell her I said hello. I, I will. She's, that's flattering and it's a great boost to the ego, uh, to hear, to hear that. But, uh, you can tell her my website is barrydavis.co and you can go on there and okay. sign up and go from there. Awesome. I will. Um, anything else you want to plug? I'm going to think I'm going to cut it there. Well, I, I think one of the things is that, you know, being on these situ- being on these podcasts, I, I never turned one down because I think there are listeners that, um, that maybe be looking for someone like myself that, that has had 30 plus years of experience in, in coaching. And, and I, and I have spoken, um, on a number of things. One obviously is the five pillars and the, and the organization development, you know, turning basically, you know, losers to winners. And, and that whole um, program there. And also I could speak on, uh, you know, self-improvement, uh, motivation, uh, you know, going from, you know, I was a, just a, a, you know, my SAT scores weren't anything great. You know, I went to a small little a liberal arts uh, college in Virginia, played baseball division three, never would have dreamed of having a coaching career and, 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 and getting a PhD and having an opportunity to potentially go out. I'm working on a book right now. Uh, I think that was in my profile. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in Charlottesville, Virginia. And I think there's some parallels between the book that I'm researching to write about a football team and I had, a, had an unbeaten streak of 53 games during the uh, civil rights era and massive resistance in the state of Virginia and a lot of fractured, uh, you know, racial tensions, uh, in, in the city. So I'm, I'm researching and, and writing there. In addition to, uh, I have my, uh, you know, my website and, and trying to get people to sign up. And I think if you want to reach out and, and, uh, I, you know, I can, and everything's negotiable. My fee is negotiable. I would love to work with, uh, any organization, uh, to try to help them out. So it's barrydavis.co is the, is the website. Uh, I have some of the podcasts. Your podcast will be up once once you post it. I'll I'll download it and and put it on my website, okay. and you can get a copy of the five pillars. And and we'll we'll stand we'll do periodically a leadership type, um, you know, letters and and uh, messages and that type of thing. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Barry Davis forty uh, two. Okay, and, uh, those are the two best ways to reach me. All right, I'll reach back out to you on the website uh, that we met on to get the links properly. But thank you again, Barry. This has been awesome. We definitely got to get you on in the future. I appreciate you having me. Thank you and best of luck with your podcast. I will.
Thank you. Well, congratulations. You made it to the end. You're an awesome person. Not many make it here. So, being the awesome person that you are, can you do me one more awesome favor? Can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh, services you're using? Um, app, if you do it on Apple uh, and you leave an actual written review, um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy uh, some extra help over on um, YouTube. Watch my videos. I, mean, I just mute it and change the channel, <laughs> change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.